0: What is up? How you doing? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast, Curating Content Creators. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's a conversation with someone from the team, and it is a three-peat, baby. I'm bringing my CEO back on, Jonathan. There is a lot to talk about, and I'm going to tell you, it's not always going to be Jonathan. It will be a lot because there's a lot of stuff going on in his world that I want to share with you and get his feedback, But today felt like a good time to talk about some articles that he's sharing, some things that we're reading, how we're curating content internally. And so I wanted to talk with him about that and share that information with you. A couple things you can do and help us out if you're enjoying what you're hearing on this show. Go hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you're enjoying this show. That means a lot. That's really important to us in the early days. Another thing, what we're really trying to do right now is get people on our wait list. I'm sending out a newsletter. We want to get momentum and build our audience so when we've got an amazing content experience to deliver, there's a lot of people who enjoy this show on the other side of that. You can do that by going to meetfathom.com and just hitting the wait list, drop it in the email not going to spam you. You're going to get a weekly newsletter update of some of our content and content that we're curating on a regular basis. Speaking of curation, that's what we spend a lot of time on this episode talking about. It was an article that Jonathan dropped in a Slack channel and then I'm not sure he heard from anyone after that. Little did he know that I had consumed it several times, dropped it in our newsletter to share out with our audience and hit him with it right before we hit record and said, let's just talk about this article. So it's a really good article. You're going to learn more. And I can't wait to share the conversation with you. Definitely meetfathom.com. Give us a follow there. Indy McGrath, I'm pumping out a lot there. So if you want to hit hit follow on my personal, I appreciate that. And also too, the 3C podcast on Instagram and TikTok at the 3C podcast. We're testing those channels out and we're having a good old time. All right, everyone. Happy Monday. Hope this show lets you get off to a good start and you learn something. Let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Monday conversation. Conversation with Jonathan is what we're calling him for now, I guess.
1: Uh, Jonathan, how are you doing? Uh, how's your week been so far? I'm doing well. This is, uh, I like calling it the Monday conversation. I'm, re- I'm, flashing back to as a kid sitting on the couch and the Sunday conversation on ESPN was always the last show before the NFL countdown. And so I grew to hate that show because it meant it was the, uh, it was the last buffer before the good goodness of the NFL came on. So hopefully we're, uh, we're not the last buffer between something you're about to do, but that harkens me back to sitting on the couch on a Sunday morning.
0: And the Sunday conversation wasn't exciting. Like we, I was ready to listen to like Tom Jackson and Boomer and like show highlight packages and get everyone fired up. And I I haven't thought about that for a long time, but it's definitely, the experience has definitely improved. So we'll make sure that we brand this accordingly. We've got a lot to talk about today. I thought like maybe a good place where we could start was, and I think it'd be important to just like talk about before we get into the substance of this article, but you shared, and part of what we're doing is content curation. So we're being very mindful of sharing content internally as a team. And we have a Slack channel that you set up called Inspiring Content, but you shared an article this past week, I think, and we didn't ever get a chance to talk about it. So we're going to talk about it here. But we had our one on one yesterday, and I I talked about the newsletter that we sent out last week. And the newsletter was our first time for anyone who was on our wait list to receive our newsletter. And of course, we have this podcast, some of the blog posts we have had written, but then also as a section of that, it was like curated content by Fathom. And this article that we're going to talk about was a piece of that. And when I read this article for the first time, when you shared it, I was extremely just blown away. And we can talk about why I was blown away by it. But then I read it again on Monday because I thought it might be a good reference point to talk about. And I was so about the article for so many reasons. But I guess first, how did you stumble across, maybe share what the article is and how you stumbled across it?
1: Yeah. So I think it's, as part of the space that we're in, you even mentioned like we've got a Slack channel dedicated to sharing inspiring content. I think I think it's very important we all, as team members, familiarize ourselves with the really high quality content in our space, as that's what we want to provide our platform users. Uh, we want to really highlight high quality content, and like I am extremely self aware and know that that's like a very classic, maybe executive thing to do where you just you email somebody an article or forward somebody an article and say like, check this out. Think you might enjoy it. And the person who receives it, sitting there, like, this is cool. I'm not sure I have time to read it right now, but when I do, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with it. And so I, I try to like when I share these articles, you know, try to share some takeaways or maybe some some of my own perspective on it. But I think we we are in a unique spot as a company where uh, the more content we can share with each other. The better for us to gain perspective, especially at this stage. So I actually got this article from, ironically, that very similar experience. Christian Anderson, who's on our board, one of the partners of High Alpha, forwarded it to me from the Margins uh, email newsletter, and he even said submitted without comment or something. I was like, oh boy, that feels like that feels like a alley that I'm supposed to oop with some of my own perspective or something along those lines. And so I, I went into the article very hesitantly, like very. Nervous about what am I supposed to learn from this? And uh, I just dug into it, and it was like there wasn't. It ended up echoing a lot of what we've been saying in the marketplace, a lot of what you've been writing about. And so uh, that was my experience with it. And then I shared it with the team. Um, and it's interesting because the margins newsletter is not necessarily a marketing newsletter. It's not a, a content marketing piece. They kind of comment on all things tech, venture capital, but content marketing has become such a noisy space. That's what they were writing about. And uh, I think it's interesting that content marketing as a tactic um, and less about the actual content itself has become such a... Hot topic that they wrote about it, so I'm sure we'll dig into what's within the article. But that's how it landed in my inbox, and then how I was encouraged to share it with the team. And I'm, I'm. It's always fun when somebody says they are revisiting content that you've shared, and they continue to get value from it. So I'm excited to hear that was your experience with it as well.
0: Yeah, and I think this just goes to show the audience that this piece of content, like this is extremely powerful. And I didn't know the journey that it was on. It went from Christian to Jonathan, to me, to our newsletter, to me rereading it twice to us (laughs) talking about it on this podcast, but that shows it struck a nerve and, uh, Duruk, uh, can Duruk is the author of the article. And it's funny. I had that name is, Something I'd seen before and I'd seen his avatar on Twitter. And but I never, I never connected any dots until I read the article and then went to this is what I do. Whenever I read something that's amazing, I go try to find him on Twitter and hit follow. When I did this, I saw the avatar and said, That looks familiar. And then I saw Jonathan, you had, you were following. And then I saw the margins and I was like, oh, Okay. And I, so I was like connecting all the dots. The name of the article is Everything is content now. And I, when Jonathan sent it over, I didn't, I didn't read it right when it came through You're telling on yourself. Yeah. Well, I I think this is a good (laughs) pro tip to everyone. Like you should like, if your CEO sends you something, like, don't feel like you have to read it right there, but like bookmark it. And like, when you've got time and you're not like doing a hundred different things, like spend that time reading, like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Just imagine if there was a platform that helped power that experience for you (laughs) where you could save content for later. You know exactly how long that content will take you to read. Um, You can maybe even build it into your calendar. I I think that exact experience is part of the content consumer experience we want to solve for where content consumption becomes less of a burden and more of an opportunity to learn, explore, make decisions with confidence, et cetera. Uh, So yeah, that that um, uncomfort of feeling like you're on the receiving end of content that somebody has shared is something we want to solve for. So, uh, a little bit of a inception there. Yes, that very much
0: so. Wow, I I, do, I I do know where I want to take this, but the the thing for me, and I think this is important, and one of the things I've been working on with the content we're developing is such an important thing at an early stage is setting the tone for how you want to be communicating with your audience and being consistent with that tone. And I think, you know, I'm going to go back to the article, but just thoughts are spiraling just now that we're in this, you know, I've taken a very consistent tone, which is informative, but fun and not too serious. And Elena, who's our growth marketer who will plug in it right now because there's an opportunity. She'll be on the show next week. And Siri, my watch is talking to me, but she'll be on the show next week talking about something she's working on. But when I read her article, it followed the same type of tone. And I just like, this is so powerful and exciting. Like, we're all uniting as a business around content delivery and sharing the same tone. But I I, I talk about that because what stood out to me when I first read this article was the tone that he took. And to me, that's what sucked me in and allowed me to read every word that he put out there. So I was curious if you had any reaction to just. His general tone. This might have been the first article I've read from him, or the first article that I I knew he authored. But like, what are your thoughts on the way he
1: approached it from a tone perspective? It was almost jarringly competent. I he is way smarter than myself. I'll maybe speak on our behalf as yep. I see you're nodding now. My dog is barking in the background, <laughs> so uh, Mackie's weighing in as well. But so like, it, it was almost jarring to read something that was not written for. A blog, like an SEO blog post, right? Like I found myself reading it and thinking I understood it, but then going back and rereading it to make sure like I really was understanding it or not misunderstanding it. Like it's not one of those articles you can just sit down and like skim through. I think you need to read each word and understand each sentence because it's very intellectual, but in a very enjoyable way that stands out from I think a lot of the other noise, especially in the B two B content space. Um, and again, he didn't write that specifically for this space, but I think there's a lot of lessons from the article we can now apply to the B two B content space. But it was extremely well written, and like you said, just something that is different from a lot of what you read, you know, in email newsletters and blog posts, etc. So I wanna, I wanna just like
0: I. I would be doing this quote, which I think is definitely the front runner for me on 2021 content quotes. This is the number one with a bullet and good luck passing it out there, marketers,
1: if you're creating
0: content. But this, he referenced his partner, uh, Ran Jan Roy, who creates content with him. And this is the quote. He says, he's talking about his partner. And he says, I know he works in content. And he does content stuff, and I know what content is in some abstract and theoretical way, but I don't fully understand what it means to be working in content. In fact, I don't even know what content is. And I read that like paragraph so many times in that quote. And then underneath in the article, that his partner, subtweeted him and said, RIP margins, (laughs) basically saying you're invalid. You're like, you're like flushing everything we're producing here down the toilet by making that statement. But like, I don't know. I, I found it as just like a subtle humor, but then also like eerily honest. I don't know. What, What was your reaction when you read that?
1: Yeah. And then, so like, he almost, he does actually acknowledge the irony of that later in the article. He, to his followers he's a content creator, but yet he's sitting there saying contents evolved so much I don't even know what it is but to the outside world that's all I am is just content and that's kind of the lead in to the rest of the article which I think just plays on the confusion in the space of what is content marketing you know we've talked to over a hundred marketers at this point and sometimes content is a demand generation play sometimes it's a brand play some people just view it as copywriting some people view it as website building. uh, And that just speaks to the confusion and the broadness or minuteness of what content is in the B2B space specifically. That is certainly what he's offering up here of not knowing what content is, but also being content, I think is just the perfect setup for uh, the conversation we're going to have about the article.
0: Yeah. And so like just jumping into that, the first thing that's, I think the big bullet that stands out for me that is something that stopped me in my tracks and got me to think is his thoughts around the the difference between creating content and generating content. And I think, boy, that rang true to me, um, where I think the creation of content is something that if you ask me, Brett, what are you doing at this new startup? Like, what are your main priorities? Like, what are you trying to do? I would say my response would be, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm trying to understand what their motivations and desires are. I'm trying to figure out what we're doing as a business from a product perspective. And I'm trying to create content based off of that because I want to be able to educate. I want it to be entertaining and I want it to be thoughtful. I, you flip that on its head and you, I say what I just said, but say generate content. And it just, it doesn't mesh well. I think it, there's friction there and generating content to me seems like what a lot of marketers in the space might think they're creating, but it's more generating. It's generating for SEO algorithms. It's generating for leads. it's, It's generating to gain for sell for company benefit, but not necessarily for their audience's benefit. So what was your kind of thoughts when you saw the create versus generate that he called out?
1: Exactly. So, this was not an article about content marketing specifically. This was not an article about B2B content or B2B marketing. It was an article just about content very broadly. But this was the section that, to me, most aligned with what's happening in the B2B content marketing space. You know, here are the keywords we need to rank for. So, that's your input. And then your output is the blog post on it, right? It's just very, very transactional. There's a lack of depth to it. There's a lack of human to it. It is input, output, very transactional. And I think that's what so many of us... And again, we talked about this on the last podcast. You and I have been guilty of this in our own past as well of that is what B two B content marketing has become: is generating content as opposed to creating content. And then that's no fun to read when you hit one of those blog posts that is, you know, five reasons you should be doing X Y Z. And you know, each reason is just a different keyword they're trying to hit, and beneath each keyword is six sentences with the keyword mentioned three times. Um, that is generating content. Very transactional input output, very well defined, um, and it's it's kind of. Disappointing. I don't know. Uh, we talk about a lot as a team, like content marketing being this really noble pursuit of storytelling within the marketing stack. Uh, we think content marketing is one of the most powerful opportunities if you are a really great storyteller. And when it becomes generating content, you're not telling stories anymore. You've got a very specific goal in mind, and you're you're just trying to get there as efficiently as possible. And again, I think for the content consumer, that's a very poor experience indeed it is and it's is why
0: when you talk to 100 marketers when you ask them like wh- who inspire what kind of what content inspires you everyone's pointing to a b2c company and hardly anyone's pointing to a b2b company but i think would be interesting uh, as you were talking it's spun up something in my head but when you wrote an article recently for the uh, our blog you had a reference point and the reference point <laughs> Was a uh, something that I connected with, and that was when we were at Exact Target. You you mentioned the thought leadership team, and you mentioned you know Jeff Roars, you mentioned Joel Book, and you mentioned Kyle Lacey. and that was pretty early on in my marketing career where. I didn't quite understand the role in what they were setting out to do or boy, do I ever understand it now more than ever before. But at the time I, it didn't, you know, I was junior in my career. It didn't really click and add up, but what, what are your uh, thoughts and opinions just, you know, eight years ago or whatever that was seeing what they were doing then for a company that was highly successful to maybe where, we're at now and reading this article and hearing, you know, the difference, differences between, you know, creating and generating content from, uh, cans perspective.
1: Yeah. I think exact target, even in those days was early on as well. And they probably didn't even know what thought leadership meant, but I think it was all rooted in research. And that's what I feel like is missing so much anymore is like, they would do a ton of research on how people are using our product. The result people are seeing from our product or the research within our own industry and then they would provide content on that research. And again, that is creating content, right? That's going through the full research process, the hypothesizing process, probably drafting, editing, drafting, editing, publishing process. And that was pretty early on, like you mentioned. And now the market got so excited by that. I think there's been this influx of thought leaders, people writing to want thought leadership content that is just top of funnel. And it's been, Honestly, it's been bastardized so much that now that top of funnel content, I feel like is just a a different way to say like, not really in-depth content. I think top of funnel is often contrasted by product marketing content, which is typically more in-depth or how people are actually using a product. And I think it's really missing that research, that really rich, robust research that goes into creating content as opposed to generating content, which again, is just very transactional.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it it's it's the the evolution of b2b content marketing in the last you know 10 years has just been insane and i'm optimistic and i'm optimistic that the way the trends are moving the way the importance of brand that's is the importance of brand and the focus on brand is going to force companies in our space to be highly focused on delivering helpful content what what do you see i guess what do you see our role as a business in that process? Like what do you, what can we be doing to help?
1: Absolutely. And kind of going back to that article, I think one of the key things I took away from it was they talk about consumption is good actually. And that word like actually is uh, kind of the twist of the knife there, you know, for what social media has done to content consumption, you know, and I, I love social media. I'm not going to sit here and like say social media is evil. They're certainly good and bad to it, but it's, created this maybe connotation to the word of consumption. That is like, if you're consuming content from social media, it's bad. Right. Or if it's an email newsletter, it's consuming, it's bad. Like it's not going to help you. And they kind of flipped that on its head. Like so much else of what we consider consumption is actually really, really a good thing. Right. Whether that's, um, in our economy, nurturing, uh, from food or your diet, like consumption is good. And we've gotten away from that in the content space where like, you know, if you're consuming the right content, it's going to make you smarter. It's going to make you better at your job. It's going to help you make a better decision. And that's what we want to highlight for our content consumers is content that helps you do those things. And so it's highlighting the right content, right? Making sure that the content is valuable to either make you better at your job, make you understand your space a little bit better, potentially make a better decision. I think our job is to make sure that we are empowering our content consumers on our platform to consume content that is good actually. I, I I love it.
0: The thing about he said about memes and narratives coming and going, I think maybe we can like close out touching on that. And that's just something that everyone should be thinking about. He s- talks about maybe just sometimes you put it, his phone down for a week or two weeks and doesn't get on things. And the next thing you know, it like those things that were there before have come and gone. And I think that's something I just like think a lot about. I think about just what's trendy right now and obviously like the big thing is you couldn't go anywhere this week or last week without hearing about GameStop right like what does that mean in the next you know month is that a thing anymore or is it not and I think like so much of what gets produced from like a stories narrative and content perspective like everyone gets so spun up and wants to debate and argue and this and that but the next thing you know like Those thoughts. And I'm not saying that the GameStop thing won't be profound. Maybe it will. But just, you know, those things come and go so quickly. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts just from a a marketing perspective, those that are producing, creating content, people that are reacting or responding to content? Like, what do you think, like, how how should marketers be thinking about it, knowing that people that might read their posts, might look at it one minute and then the next minute it's like ancient history. Like, What what, what would you say to marketers in this space where everything is just such a quick reaction?
1: Yeah, I think it's just encouragement to stay true to your brand and what you believe you stand for. Uh, Fortunately, you and Elena have been doing that for our brand. I think you can adopt your voice to different channels and I think you should do that, but I think you need to stay true to what you stand for. Related to the point you made about, you know, things coming and going on the internet. I was actually listening to a podcast last week that was, if you're really plugged into the internet, and you miss like six hours, it feels like you missed a ton. But then if you step away, and you unplug for a week, you realize you really missed nothing, right? So it's like this, um, seeing the forest through the trees or the trees through the forest conversation, right? I think that's why it's really important. You have kind of those brand principles that you can stand on and you can empower your team to stand on, um, and that you can go back to repeatedly. Right. And I think you should adopt your voice. I think sometimes people say like, you have to be so consistent with your brand voice that like you become this robot across all these different channels, but, uh, that's not what I'm encouraging either. I'm, I think you should be consistent with your brand values, but, uh, really adopt how you message and who you message and, um, how you say it across the different channels. Um, To go with the ebb and the flow of the internet. And I think to a certain degree, you have to do that, but you need to stay true to what you stand for. Absolutely. And that's what I think the important element of
0: us getting aligned around like our ingredients for success and what we are about as a company, even though we've, it's been, I'm looking at the calendar, we haven't even been a team for a month yet, but we, it's funny, we're all pulling from the same list when it comes to producing. And I would be, Uh, when Elena sent me her blog post to read last night, before I published, I, before I read it, I was, I had been the main voice and I don't want to be the main voice. I want everyone to participate, but I was like, ah, man, I, well, I'm curious. Like, I wonder what this is going to be like. And it was just, it was like a post that I would have written the same type of style format. And I I would be remiss that if she, she didn't have those things we bulleted out before, and look at those while she was publishing, it wouldn't have hit the mark like it did. So that would be my feedback to any early stage company listening or, you know, you could maybe even be established content. Like make sure you have some like guiding principles, especially if other people are involved, because it gives you some a compass and some direction to point back to when you're publishing. And if it if it doesn't hit on one of those bullets, it's probably not the right thing you should be, you know, creating or producing. Give them the lines, but then let each creator color within the lines and whichever color they want. No doubt. Anything left on that that we didn't mention that you want to cover or you thought might be important?
1: I could rant all day about it, um, I'm sure, but I, I, why don't we just share the article and let, if, let others see if there's anything that resonates with them and we can continue the conversation that way. I love it. I I do
0: have to say just the way he closed out the article and I'm not going to repeat it. People can read it, but the words (laughs) he used, it was just brilliant. Just a brilliant article. Uh, So make sure you go hit follow on his page uh, and definitely read the article. We'll link everything out. Um, Before we wrap up, one thing that's just top of mind for me, and I just want to get into a little bit because... It's been unlike any other company I've really been in, but I just, it feels right. And maybe it's because it's 2021 and everyone's stuck to their phones in between Zoom meetings during the day. It's just like the connections and the activities and the stance we've taken with social media in this company, like share your thoughts on, maybe what you've seen so far, the things you're doing and just potential impact you might see down the road by some of these activities.
1: Yeah, we've talked on this podcast, I think even about building in public and it's something we want to do and empower our team to do. I think, you know, as we add team members, like we want team members who are comfortable sharing their work and showing their work. And to this point, that's been really fun and really easy. And the markets responded to that, which is great and we're yet to have our first pothole as i think you mentioned earlier like there will come a time when something breaks or somebody's mad at us or we're not able to do what we thought we were able to do and it'll be very easy to just not tweet about it not talk about it not record a podcast about it and just keep going on and hide that from the marketplace but i think that's that's going to be all right How true are we to what we're saying Uh, when we face that first really difficult thing? There will probably be a time when I don't want to hit record with you on this podcast, but I think that's going to be when it's most important that we share the story. And I think that time is probably not that far off, right? Uh, We'll certainly have it and we'll talk about it. And I think that's when it'll get really valuable. And I think maybe even resonate even more with the marketplace.
0: Absolutely. A lot of what you said there, I agree with, and I'll like pour gasoline on something here that we are entering a space with our storytelling and our narrative that we as a business are taking a stand against the old way of doing something. And we're really passionate about it. So with that being said, like we we will be aggressive at creating enemies. That is part of good marketing. And we will double down on that without fail, we're going to piss people off. People are going to read this and be like, I built my whole career this way. Like, what is this startup team saying? Like these jokers, yada, 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 like whatever. I think that to me is like, when we start doing that, that's when I know that we're, we're doing the right thing. When we start getting some friction, we start creating some conflict. We're here to start a war with the old way of doing things. And so I'm excited that as a business, we're all on the same page with that. Um, but I think it's, let's be honest, let's not hold back. Let's stay true to our brand values and, and share what's on our mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. CTO Eric, he always says, we're gonna ruffle some feathers along the way. And I think that's okay. That's, uh, you know, it's not gonna be intentional, but it's gonna be uncomfortable for people who I think might be stuck in status quo. And we'll hopefully change that status quo for the future.
0: No doubt about it. Hopefully this is something we can do is, and just unpack some of these articles that we're consuming because that that felt therapeutic in a way. We both got to chop up this article that i think is important to anyone out there who's listening um but jonathan thanks for the time as always you won't be on next week but probably back have you back on the week after that so thanks. so be
1: okay be okay on your bye week get rest up uh, make sure you're treating the the body right that's good I, I need a bye week come back strong and uh i'm excited for everyone to meet elena uh, another Rockstar team member right alongside you
0: awesome man well we'll talk to you soon thanks brett everything is content now wow what an article i learned so much from can on that one just the tone the message on point and helps validate the work that we are doing over here if you like what you heard hit that subscribe button hopefully you're coming back for more we're curating more content conversations and there is going to be one that drops on friday and you will not want to miss it We appreciate you listening to us early. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And we will talk to you on Friday.